Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Well, my friends, you have made it through your 2021 fantasy footy season. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. And this is the final podcast from us focusing on the 2021 fantasy footy season. And wow, if you've been joining us over these past eight and a bit months, gosh, it has been a while since I launched out the 50 most relevant, uh, but it is so good to be spending time with you. And on this episode, i got Jordox back. Hello, buddy. How are you doing, man? I'm good, mate. I'm a bit sad because after this week, it's all over. The fantasy season is over, and it's been a it's been a season of ups and downs. <laughs> and I know I'm going to miss it the second it's gone. The good news is, Jordox, is there's a month of footy that those uh, us get to keep an eye on and not have any fantasy stress in the back of our eyes. Then, let's be honest. If you listen to the coaches panel, you're probably more on the um, slightly obsessive compulsive. Uh, or very much in love with your fantasy footy, you're, you're listening to all of the trade conversations that are out there and looking through all the details, the minutiae, what does this mean for my club and breakout guys on how does this affect premiums? The good news is for Patreons, I'm going to do all that work for you during the off season where you'll get an article of every single player that moves, delisted free agents, trades, and also your restricted and unrestricted free agents. You get my take on what it means for the club they come to, the club they're leaving, and their fantasy relevance in 2022. Oh, yes, I just said that phrase, 2022. Um, But on this episode, um, we want to do a couple of things. One, in a moment, we want to kind of look at our annual club by club um, 2021 Fantasy Footy Awards. Uh, We'll we'll rush through them because they're 18 clubs, but we want to make sure we do that. But, Jordox, let's be honest, there's, there's kind of two real excited groups of fantasy coaches at the moment those that are in a genuine race for either a personal best rankings and or getting a prize of some form, whether it be the number one overall ranking or or winning some form of a top 100, like a hat in AFL fantasy or some cash prizes um, in, in Dream Team and, and Supercoach. Or you've got those that are league focused and it's about their grand final, again, whether it's draft or classic formats of the game. So uh, you're probably, the of all of us on the panel, the most in love with your leagues, actually, Fox might rival you on that one, to be fair. But I know you're in the grand final in one of your matchups. Without giving too much away of what you're doing, let's talk about the psychology to help coaches that are league-focused. What are the two, maybe top two or three things that coaches heading into a league focus of the final round, what's your top bits of advice for? Uh, yes, it's a nerve-wracking week for some. And... Um... Look, I'd say don't don't deviate too much from what you've been doing that got you there in the first place. Um, treat it as just another just another week, as they say. <laughs> um, but look, it's such a different it's such a different game, the, the fantasy games, from what it was years ago with the rolling lockouts and and all the little tricks that you can do. So, I guess plan, just plan, have a good look at the fixture, have an idea, um, you know, what loopholes you can do when you can do them yeah, and uh, have a plan to go for it on the weekend. Um, you don't want the weekend to come and, and, you know, life gets in the way and you haven't planned and something happens and you, 
you lose the cup for it. So um, probably just plan and, and just enjoy it. It's so hard to get there. <laughs> so hard, de- depending on how you know tough your comps are and your leagues that you're in. But I know the ones that I'm in, they're, they're so hard. So I'm just enjoying the week. Um, the grand final parade on Friday has been canned. Because of within the 5Ks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be within the 5Ks. Um, but yeah, look, nothing, nothing more than that, really. Just back yourself. Um, whatever you've done throughout the year has got you to this spot. Yeah, I think the two key things for me would be um, keep an eye on the fixture um, and the teams that come through. Like uh, an example is um, Fremantle. Right now, they're only out of the finals top eight on percentage. They play Sunday, first game on Sunday. But by then, if they're, it'll be them v Essendon like fighting for that eighth spot um, and West coast have a, a pretty reasonable percentage jump, at least on Fremantle West coast win. It's going to be really, really difficult for Fremantle make it. So those are the kind of factors. There are going to be teams that do play a conservative approach with this final round because we no longer have the week off next week heading into final. So a team that can pretty much not move like Brisbane and Sydney, they don't move in terms of they'll get a home, qualifying final unless of course something drastic happens above them with bulldogs port or whatever but we'll know those pictures as the week goes on so that's why i say keep an eye on the fixture and keep an eye on the results we may see teams go you know what we're putting a queue in a rack in this game it's not going to impact our ladder positioning um it's not going to impact our finals we're just going to get a guy through fit and healthy so keep an eye on that and then the other thing i'd say um for a league focus would be um do you feel like you're in a favorite or a not because if you're a favorite and you've got trades available, then you can start to play some defensive moves and combat that guy in the opposition lineup that you're worried about. Conversely, the opposite. If you need to take some risks, um, maybe you don't go, uh, the you know, a, a popular captaincy combination this week might be um, a Mitchell into a steal, for example. You know what? Maybe you go, look, I'm going to put the VC on McRae. Friday night. It's a bit more of a risk, but he's got the potential to give me a 135, 140. Um, and, and so those are the things you do is um, risk it if you need to, um, but also if you're pretty comfortable that he or she that you're playing as your lineup against, she's got to pull something out of the bag, counter that. And like you said, it was good advice, Jordox, too. Like we've got loopholes now. We, we've, we, can, we can play some defensive moves. We can do all these things. So there's plenty there. And those for rankings, I think the advice is pretty similar. If you're trying to hold into a ranking position, you're probably being defensive. If you're trying to make up ground, you're probably looking to get aggressive. Um, and, and that's just got to be the way that you choose to play the game. And, and I think we'll get some carnage on Thursday night um, with, with team selections and those that have depth and trades uh, will be rewarded. Uh, for those probably uh, carnage. Carnage throughout the weekend too, as, as you touched on with with clubs and and where their position on the ladder is and and the the removal of that pre-finals buy that that really is a bit of a game changer and and that was my thought when they announced it. What would Thursday night look like? But it could be throughout the weekend we see players pulled. So have cover. Make sure you've got your your cover because it could be um, one of those weekends. It's, it could be, but look, hopefully from your sake, everything goes your way. And uh, into 2021, you raise yourself your Premiership Cup in your league or you just finish off a great year from a rankings perspective. And if your year is 
just done and you don't care, just make a trade that you just love doing. Pick players you love watching for one last week. Just enjoy it. That's for sure. Um, let's head into our club by club uh, look at the year. Retrospective look. Our Patreons um, got an article that landed just the other day from me where it was looking back at the moves that made your 2021 season. Things like bringing in Darcy Parrish at round six. Season-breaking, making decision. Trading at round two and in a suspended Patrick Dangerfield to a Jack Zeeble. That would have made your season. Trading an injured Josh Dunkley to a Dane Zorko. Moving an injured Brody Grundy to a Sean Darcy in a couple of formats. These are just some of the moves and you can go and check them out now at our any tier level uh, at coachespanel.tv for our Patreons. But what we are doing for every single person on this episode is looking back retrospectively at the year, club by club, we'll take it in turns and work our way through Jordox, I suppose. We'll, we'll put an article up on this too at coachespanel.tv before the round gets underway. But um, what I want to do is look at the club fantasy footy MVP for the year. Who's the guy that, look, some of them are really fantasy relevant. Others are like, well, you've been pretty good. Um, but for the most part, the top of the tier MVP should be someone that's pretty relevant this year. The cash cow, the, the guy that made you the money that was valuable, that delivered for you this year. And then I know it's not really 2021, 2021 relevant, but who's someone from the club that you got a sneaky little eye on? Um, it's going to be a track watch for you heading into 2022. So uh, maybe Jordox will hand your crows over. This is a Schonberg free list. Uh, for, <laughs> actually, it'd be a decent track watch in 2022, to be fair. But uh, what do you got watch from... or MVP? Oh, get <laughs> off the grass. <laughs> yeah, MVP is an easy one in Adelaide. Uh, Rory Laird's has had an incredible season. His last season as a defender in our teams, yes. I, must, uh, I must say, I don't think he's gotten the kudos that he's probably um, deserved, if I'm honest, um, in the AFL world and in the fantasy world. I mean, he's he's been a gun defender in fantasy for years, but yeah. um, he's he's a pure on bore and he is just, he's taking his game to another level. So, yeah, he's been, been awesome. great. It's been great watching him. The cash cow was right from the start. Little uh, Jimmy Rowe. James yeah, good shout. Um, he, uh, he would have played, oh, I'm not sure. I reckon nearly the first dozen games. Of he was pretty much right up to the break, bye, wasn't possibly. it? Yeah. And he was one of those ones where he was he was never going to be scoring much, but he was just chipping away, making cash, making cash. Um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure when I finally moved him on, he had his best score of the year. So that always <laughs> happened. Um, and, a, and a notable mention would be Geordie uh, Butts. Um, yeah, he's been good. Name, Sammy Berry, he's been good and, too. Yeah, And last name. Um, so yeah, it's been a few at Crowland and then track watch for 2022, uh, the ball magnet, Matty Crouch, um, oh, yeah, unfortunately nice. didn't, didn't get on the park this year, um, at all, Next um, discount which is, coming his you way. know, un, unfortunate for, for Crows fans, but very good for us fantasy fans. Cause he will be cheap next year. The only thing is, will he be at the same club? Well, Either way, put it. Put him on your watch list. Yeah, I think that's a good shout, man. I, I like all of those calls. Let, let, let's go to Brisbane. Uh, I could have given the MVP to one or two players, let's be honest. Um, Rich was never really in, in contention for me. Zorko has been probably the most safe forward premium for us in, in a pretty topsy-turvy forward premium season. But I just find it so hard to not give it to Jared Lyons. Like, 
117 average in Supercoach, 116 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. He's, I thought at the start, he'd just be that 105-ish guy and not really have ceiling. Man, was I wrong. Like, he's just put teams to the sword. He's been relatively unique. He's been a a difference maker for coaches in in 2021. And so for me, he's the MVP. Uh, We didn't get a heap of cash cows from Brisbane, but we did get a really important mid-forward one in Devon Robertson. Um, They lost a couple of bodies through the midfield. He spent some time forward, but there was a critical six to eight runner games that he had sort of in that middle third of the season where he was safe to put on field most weeks for a 50, 60, 70. You'd get the odd score that would pop as well. Um, And he was just so important through that kind of second trimester of your season this year. He was absolutely sensational and coaches that jumped on him, especially once injuries started to hit through that midfield unit. Um, he, He really became important. And then for a track watch, a guy I know he burnt a lot of people this year, but Lockie Neal, um, those injuries has really hurt him right from the beginning of the preseason. He was battling in injuries. He has had every injury under the sun mid-season. He's going to be priced drastically low in contrast to what we had to pay for at the start of the year. If he has an injury-free preseason, um, I'm I'm a big Neal fan in Supercoach, maybe not the others. I think he's an absolute legit watch list across the formats next year um, because he's going to be so much cheaper than what we started with. And he he, he finally showed us on the weekend, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, 120 in fantasy and dream team and not sure we did super coach, but absolutely he's had one of those years. He'll be yeah. much better and very nice price. Uh, moving on to Carlton, um, been an interesting year for the Blue Baggers. Uh, but the one thing that would keep a smile on all Carlton fans' faces is the performance of Sam Walsh. So he is their MVP he's by country mile. He's just he's just a joy to watch, isn't he? Um, yeah. So yeah, there's not much more that could be said other than he's only he's only just starting his career, really. Um, so he's going to be one we're enjoying watching for the next ten, fifteen years. Yeah, uh, Cash Cow is. Uh, Matthew Owies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice little late season flyer, yeah. Yeah, he's come in, come in at a good time too, just obviously with the great Eddie Betts um, announcing his retirement. Owies was really good. He he, he had an impact and, um, yeah, he came in later in the year. So if you jumped on him, um, maybe around the buyers possibly. Um, mm. Yeah, good, good cash generation and a yeah, nice. good option for your bench. And then track watch. Um, I want to give a special mention to Nick Newman. Oh, yes. I think he, he, he could still be really something. He's, he's going to be 29 next year, though. So, mm. um, But no, the, the, the one for Carlton is a guy who came across on big money and had, I would say, arguably one of the worst <laughs> debut years, oh. and that's Zach Williams. Oh, and on, and Zach. Not, not hanging the bloke. It's just, no. you know, he had injuries. He, he got suspended twice. I That's think. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, um, yeah, if you had him in any format, he, he was a headache. Been, uh, you would have put your hair out. But the good thing is, particularly for those that didn't jump on him, um, he'll be very nicely priced. Mm-hmm. He needs to work his butt off in the offseason, and I'm sure he will. Um, and I think they still have plans to make him a midfielder, and he will be a gun. So if he gets going, his price is... Uh, very nice. 
Yeah, don't mind that shout at all from you. Uh, for Collingwood, um, the MVP's got to be Jack Crisp in my eyes. Like I know Dugowie's had a ripping yeah. last six to eight weeks, but Crisp is having a career season. He hasn't he hasn't missed a game since getting to Collingwood in 2015. So he got durability. He's got his Career high super coach average. First time he's averaged over the ton, 105. Gone at 103 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Has been scarily unique across the formats too throughout the year, given all those things, durability, consistency, all that stuff. So for me, it's got to be him. If we're doing it for the past two months, of course, it's to go. But if it's for the season, it's got to be crispy. Um, Cash cow of the year for me from them, Caleb Poulter. Uh, again, you talk about always coming in a really crucial time, maybe not so much for on field for always, but certainly for cash generation and depth. Poulter became that guy for a four to six week stretch. You, you could bank him on field. He gave you a couple of tons, some nice high scores, um, really advanced that cash generation quickly. And if you moved him on at that buy round of Collingwood, um, that was the right time to move him on. But he was absolutely brilliant for coaches. And then the track watch, for, for me, I'm going to sneak two. One, Dugowie. If he starts 2022 the way he ends this year, mm. he's crazy value because I think he still retains forward status, um, especially if he retains forward status. And then the other's Nick Dacos. I know keeper leagues, he's probably the first picked off the board in a redraft of a brand of a keeper league, not a brand new keeper league. But is he going to get the midfield time to warrant what will likely be having him as, if not the number one pick, the number two and most expensive rookie next year? For me, that'll be fascinating. Do they play him through the midfield? Do they play him through forward? Is he worth the big outlay will have to pay because he's going one or two this year's draft whether north choose to get him and, and put a bid on him or whether what likely i think it's the crows um at, at finishing 17th they would put a bid we, we know they're more than happy to put a bid on a bloke um if they see the warrant there so for me that'll be the track watch with nick what's that role like because if he's just playing forward like his brother did early in his career that's not worth peak value um, Raul and Walsh have really been the only cows of late to, to really warrant that high-end selection. So that'll be, for me, is, is one I'm really keen to see. You want to talk about the Dons for me, man? Yep, so a familiar face. Take down <laughs> the Jack Merritt, he, yeah. um, year in, year out with this guy. He's, he's pretty reliable. Uh, he was frustrating on the weekend, I must admit. But, that, you know, this is the body of work, not just yes. how he went for Jordan's team on the weekend. Um, now, another ripping year from him. Um, you know, he's a captain choice. He's, you know, he, he does it all. So, um, cash cow is, is Nick Cox. He um, Yeah, he was good. He, he's going to be he's gonna be a player. Um, he was a little bit dearer than most, um, but absolutely worth the investment if you started with him. Uh, he went on to play, I think, 20 games, nearly every game. So, yeah, impressive. And then the 2022 track watch for the Bombers is Jai Caldwell. Oh, who yeah, nice. I think, think some of us may have forgotten about. He um, he came in uh, with a fair bit of hot and actually scored a ton in his first game Yeah, and then got injured. And we haven't <laughs> seen him since. Now, we might actually get a look at him this week. He, he's a chance for selection. 
Um, but either way, he'll, he'll be discounted for only playing the two or three games. Um, if he's looking fit and raring to go, he, he's he's probably just about your first picks in the forward line. Yeah, especially if he's got that forward status. Gosh, Parrish would have been pretty close too for that MVP. Like you could have built a case for almost either of them, couldn't you? He, he just, yeah, he, he's like, we should create a new one, surprise packet of the year. He would have fit right into there. Yeah, or, or like trade for the year. Like he was in that article that I mentioned earlier about Patreons, mm. I think. I think maybe, you know, maybe it's because Merritt's done it for the whole year and Parrish has done it for three quarters, you know, is probably where I see where you're going with that. So that makes sense to me. Yeah, I was just going to say with Parrish, just on that, he um, he, he hit some monster scores. Oh, his, his ceiling was pretty good, yeah. What, what hurt him in the MVP count was just on the back end, he would have let some coaches down, especially those that paid up that thought, Ooh, you know, yeah. this guy's fed income, I'm going to just pay top dollar. And then, geez, there was a couple of 60s, if I'm not mistaken, whereas Merritt just a bit more consistent. But bad luck, Darcy. There's always next year. There is always next year, my friend. You'll get your chance. Uh, let's talk Fremantle. Look, there's a couple of actual reasonable candidates to consider for MVP. But um, for me... As good as Darcy's been, and he's been pretty darn good, kind of feel like the totality of the season, got to give it to Andrew Brayshaw. Yep, there's been a couple of tagged out of the game moments. And yep, I think Darcy over the past like 10 weeks is averaging like 130 in super coach. So he's gone full beast mode. Um, but again, Brayshaw has had like two or three games where he's put his foot wrong all year and that's it. Whereas Darcy... The only time you were looking at him, different in AFL fantasy where he picked up ruck forward status, was at that Grundy point um, heading into bias. What was that, like round 11? Um, and so Darcy's been great for the back half. But over the season, I, I just, I've just seen the year of Brayshaw and gone, look, a 107 average in Supercoach, what is it, 104 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Um, if he can get those tags, sit basement scores up to 85s, not 55s, then for me, he's going to be one of the next Uber premiums for a long time. And this is harsh on Darcy because, like you said, he could easily have taken out that award. But have, have we ever had a player score so well and yet cause so many grey hairs for coaches? <laughs> I mean, he got injured. There was a period there where he got injured every week and you'd think, I have to trade him now. And then... Middle of the week, oh, he's all right. And then you spend the weekend worrying he's laid out. He comes out of school with a ton. So. Yeah, uh, no, it's true. It, it, there was It's uh, some stressful moments, but he's been a really great pick for people. Um, look, the cash cow again, we didn't get a heap from Frio, but Josh Tracy looked like a bit of a bust for those that picked him as a, as a ruck forward. But then again, through that buy period, that crucial period of getting born bodies on the ground, getting every ounce of cash generation you can get, he really delivered for coaches through that middle portion, through the multi-buy ends, a really crucial six weeks for the year. Um, I think he's going to be a ripping player, not a fantasy option, um, uh, just because Darcy's got the ruck. Lob's kind of the second guy. Tracy's the key forward. Um, and like any key forward, it's going to need a serious bag to get there. So for me, great as a cash cow, but that's it. And then the 2022 um, track watch. If you don't have your eyes on Caleb Sarong, uppercut yourself. Um, we <laughs> saw his ability last year. The anticipation was he'd deliver it this year. 
Longmuir deliberately has taken the what I believe is the right football approach which with him, which is teach him the defensive and the hard gut-running work of the game by playing accountable and defensive-minded football. And then just in the past couple of weeks, Fife's out of that midfield unit. Walters hasn't had a chance to float in there, not much for the year, but certainly since being injured. He, he's pulled the trigger on him, Longmuir, and let him attack the ball. And he's showing his fantasy chops. For me, he's going to be an absolute screaming option especially if Adam Chera leaves and another and that midfield role really opens up gosh if Chez leaves for family reasons um back to Victoria Caleb's wrong will probably be my first pick next year that that's how hot I am on, on what he could be next year let's talk Giants. Think, oh sorry I was gonna say you think Fife, Fife and Walters they're, they're just going to be more forward as the years yeah, go Yeah, I think, I think so. Fife's going to be a, a forward eligible option for us next year, which in Supercoach, good news. The others, Very nice. let's let's see the damage we get. So the Giants Ooh, MVP. I'm, I'm keen to see what you do here. Bit of controversy here because the one that we actually nominated, I've, I've actually decided it's a tie. Someone oh. snuck in with a You've a, gone a, full a, a Olympic medal and gone for the tie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Tim Taranto had the MVP in the bag all year. Yes. And then through no fault of his own, Leon Cameron, as wise as as that man is, (laughs) decided he's a forward and he's been a headache. And the one that he shares it with is Josh Kelly. Oh, nice. Because, look, in fantasy, fantasy was the only comp where he was forward. But he was super consistent. I know this. First half of the year, he wasn't really hitting any height. Yeah, nothing for the first six but, weeks. Nah, but but last week, I mean, he pulled out a 140 in, in the fantasy prelim world. That, that's huge. So I think Toronto and Kelly share the MVP. Um, for those curious, he, by the way, um, from round seven, the first six weeks, Kelly was averaging 85.5 in fantasy and dream team, 90.8 in supercoach. So not great, not horrible. However, since then, he has been on fire, an average of 111 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 112 in Supercoach. And as you said, um, has that forward eligibility in AFL Fantasy, had 10 consecutive Supercoach super tons in a row from round seven onwards. So, yeah, he's, he's probably then, in that unlucky place, almost like Parrish to some extent, but you've given the tie and I'll, I'll acknowledge yeah, it. I'll no, allow it. I mean... He's the sort of guy who, you know, around that sort of, the, as we go past the first, say, third of the season and people starting to do their first midfield upgrades. Yeah, he would Those who started with Josh Kelly, those who started with Josh Kelly wouldn't be, you know, would have been disappointed, but no one else was looking at it. Yeah. And then once he hit his tear, um, it would have been a bit unique. Anyway, cash cow. Oh, remember Matt Flynn? I mean, what a, <laughs> yes. What a tale. What a story 2021 was for Matt Flynn. Started as everyone's R3, R4, and for some reason we all ended up making him R2. So um, he was a fascinating part of the, the first half of 2021. When he played, he was great. And then we all had that nervous wait during the week of oh, his month of getting a run. Oh, that's right. Oh, it was headache. I'm pretty sure, I, I haven't checked this, I should go back and check. I am pretty sure in preseason there was all this talk that the new rules were going to impact Ruckman and they were going to be scoring less. So that means less likely to spend up on Grundy and Gorn. And 
So that's why a lot of people went R2 with Flynn. And in round one, I'm pretty sure Flynn was the highest scoring Ruckman in yeah. Grand Fantasy. He, he definitely outscored Grundy and Gorn in, in, in a lot of yeah. places there, yeah. Yeah, amazing. So look, that alone and the cash he made. Um, if, if Mumford if Mumford had retired, like we all thought he would years ago, um, Flynn would have played all those games. He would have been making so much cash, but... No, he gets it hands down. Uh, and in the track watch, you know, in the same vein is is Braden Bruce. Who, yeah, it's Bruce season. Be, it's just going to be R2 for everyone, just like it was at the start of this year. Until he, he got injured. So. He made top 10 in the 50 most relevant this year. Like, I, I'm not going to uh, give yeah. away too much about the current list because obviously we need to see trades, prices, positions, all that stuff. But think about it, Super Team. If he made top 10 last year at his current price point, he will get the max discount for not playing at all this year. He just needs to be named round one. And if he's not the most highly owned player, whew, what are you doing? And what if he plays this week? Because Liam Cameron might play him just as one oh, player. Please don't do that. <laughs> that feels very low on Cameron, doesn't it? And it's going to be Briggs, and it's just a question of whether he shares it with Brucey. So oh, I'd like don't. to see him. Don't <laughs> do it. That. It's such a great end of the No, we've already had a couple of cows ruined but... that I had this eye on going, yep, just keep Braden Cook out. Yeah, fantastic. Great, great. No, okay, go. You're going to ruin a cow for us for next year. Fantastic. That That's Leon Cameron's ultimate salute to the 2021 season where he played Haynes on the wing to start the year. He played Kelly off half forward. He's playing Taranto forward. <laughs> he's playing Canelio anywhere other than through the midfield. Like he's become the new coach that we go, oh, I don't have any confidence whatsoever in what you're doing. No. But I like Is it going to get to the point like with Bevo, the Bulldogs player? Well, I think he's overtaken Bevo. I think he's overtaken Bevo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Caleb Daniel in the ruck the other week. Yeah, it probably should have been too. <laughs> Let's talk about the Cats. Um, for me, the yep. MVP, look, Cam Guthrie's been great, but over the totality of the season, it, it, it must be Tom Stewart. Guthrie's been in runs, and for those that own him at the moment, he's in one of those great runs at the moment. But right now, he's averaging a career-high um, AFL fantasy and dream team average, similar in Supercoach, a 107. I know some of us might have a bit of a sour taste in our mouth off the back of the injury um, that has ruined his season. But to be fair, when you get 20 games of durable, consistent, reliable footy in the back line, that's why you brought him in either at the start or at various points during the year to just be the, the bedrock of your back line. And he's absolutely been that. And so for me, big tick off uh, if you picked off Tom Stewart at some point in the year. From a cash cow perspective, look, Cats didn't give us many. So it's got to be Max Holmes, mid-forward, played a handful of games. I don't think many people jumped on him by desire, rather maybe more necessity of the weeks. They were like, I just need to get a downgrade that's playing and that's him. And so I'm going for it. Um, but he's shown some footy wheels about him. You can see now why Geelong gave away this year's first round pick to Richmond for him. Um, cause, cause he's got some talent about him, um, but not been the greatest cow but he's been Geelong's best cow uh, to go for it. And, and then 2022 track watch. Look, it's a really hard one because you could say Dangerfield. 
you could say Guthrie, you could say, oh, if Menegola gets forward status or, or Stewart again. But for me, I, I, I really love Mitch Duncan as a footballer. We know he's a really great, consistent 100-plus guy. He'll be cheaper again due to missing so many more amount of games. He's got some injury-impacted scores in his average, plus a discount he will receive. The question will be how much, not if he gets one. So for me, he's a track watch just to keep an eye on him. Um, I'm not super bullish on it, but I, but I think from a Geelong perspective, I, I'm, I'm certainly keen to see what he can be. Can I throw one in to yes. go with him? Yes. Zach, Zach Guthrie. Ooh. Just keep an eye on him in the off season. Okay. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be someone. Okay. To look at. Like All it. right, Gold Coast. Gold Coast Suns. Oh, this MVP will be yeah. hard, mate. Oh yeah, just going through all their ruckman, mate. Take it. No, the the MVP at Gold Coast is going to go close to the league MVP. Let's be honest. I mean, I, I've never been so surprised by seeing someone have a season like this. And Took Miller, you know, he's always been a, um, you know, a solid footy player, solid fantasy player, like you know, pretty good, a draft guy as we call it. Absolute belter of a season. Super fit. Always in the right spot. Um, you know, he would have let a few down on the weekend, but overall, what a season. So, yeah. Yep. Easy choice. Great one. Cash Cow's an easy choice too. Um, I could have put him in the track watch, actually. Jeremy Sharp. Yeah. I, I really like him as a guy that you could start with in a second year. He's a second year player and just... I just think he's going to keep going. I don't think he's going to stop. Um, he's a great player and um, some big scores. And yep, I think he's uh, definitely the one that's made the most cash, but probably would have to be close to the highest averaging cow. Out of yeah, he'd be pretty close. Months. Yeah. Yeah. And then the track watch for next year is look, it's, it's the same as last year. The prodigal son, Matty Rao. Um, he's been playing. You know, you might not have realised if you're not watching closely because he's not not setting the world on fire. But look, I wouldn't be stressed. You know, if you've got him in a keeper league, you know, I wouldn't be too stressed not about the output. Nah, he's he's just chipping away, finding his way. I think it's good for him that he's not, you know, performing over, over you know, overly well. Um, he can just play his game, get used to the level again, have a big preseason, and be everyone's first pitch next year. Yeah, he, he's the best thing he's doing is he just keeps bringing that average down for us, doesn't he? Um, with these games, and and all you need to see are just glimmers. You just need to see moments, um, and that's what we're seeing with Rao. We're not seeing quarters and games like we saw last year. Um, we're seeing glimmers. Let's let this guy get fully fit and healthy, um, and, and really have a crack at it. I really, really like that call, man. Um, let's talk Hawthorne. I, I think it's three really obvious picks here. Tom Mitchell, just been a gun. It just consistently good this year. Has barely let you down with a poor score. Maybe doesn't have the, the crazy ceilings that he's had previously, but he's just been so good for the totality of the year. If you traded into him, especially during the year, it, it was a move that was really valuable, but he's been solid across the year. So for me, that's that. Um, for Cash Cow, it's got to be Lockie Bramble. Um, he has stormed home over these past um, 
what, six plus weeks now and um, has really saved a lot of coaches that have got stung with injuries and not able to get as many premiums on field as they want. Bramble, for the most part, um, has saved a few coaches. And in AFL Fantasy, where he's a forward, which I never got that. He's clearly a, a defender, but that's fine. Um, he's been a guy that even just over the past few weeks in AFL Fantasy, if you played him over Lockie Hunter, you're looking at about 80 points better off in the, just in the past fortnight alone. And, and so, yeah, he, he's been sensational for me, Lockie Bramble. He'll be a defender for us next year. Um, and speaking of defenders, that's where my track watch goes next year. James Sicily, proven premium over a number of years through that back line. Um, Tall's coming back from ACLs do have some a little bit of a flag for me there, but it, he'll get maximum discount from not playing this year. It'll be for me, who are the options available? Uh, at that top tier, especially our forward lines, always factor into how many stepping stone price guys we can go for. But uh, for me, Sicily's a fantastic footballer. Um, he'll, he'll take that quarterback role from Hawthorne again um, once he returns under Sammy Mitchell. Um, and for me, he's definitely on the watch list in 2022. Absolutely. Throw GF in there as well. Oh, yeah, I'm keen to see those two boys roll together. That's just a delightful intercepting pair. Do you have any fears? Because the Hawks' back line, they've they've just got these guys, Howe and and GF and and, um, Grimshaw. They've got a heap of them. Do you have any fears that the new coach might say, let's have a look at Sicily in the forward line? Yep. Anytime a new coach comes in, everything's got to be, I need to see. I need to hear. Mm. I need to watch. Um, and, and so that's why Sicily's a watch list because that's where he started. Mm. Now, I think that would be a mistake because he's shown mm. that he was he was an okay forward and he's an elite defender. But there's no reason they don't flip GF. There's no reason Scrimshaw doesn't move up to the wings. Um, mm. Anytime a new They're coach... Forward back coming on. Yeah. Forward back coming on. So, so we'll see. It should be fine. Yep, uh, Melbourne uh, MVP. They've had some good ones this year. Um, you know, special mention to Maxi Gorn. Clayton Oliver's had probably not the year we would have hoped, but he's still been fantastic. Um, but Christian Petraka, what a season. What a player. Um, could be wearing a Brownlow in a few weeks' time if um, if we're honest. So he he's really surprised me. I didn't think he would have the ceiling. I always thought he'd be a you know a superstar and he'd get you to the ton. But his last oh man, probably the whole season, maybe the last six weeks predominantly. Um, I just I know this because I've I haven't owned him and I've been against him in head to head so many times. And I always think Petraka, all right, hopefully he just hits a ton and and then he relaxes. But no, he pushes on. He he scores over one ten, one twenty. Um, kicks goals, does it all. What a what a superstar. Cash cow. I mean, good call. Probably the cash cow of the year, James Jordan. Yeah, another guy pick. with a great name. Um, oh. on field, you're laughing for the first half of the year. Yeah, he's uh, one of those guys. You just you you. It's like he's maxed out. I don't want to trade him. You know, I mean, it's time to upgrade him. But it's like, but he still scores so well. So, um. Yeah, absolute star uh, of the future. And then for the track watch, um, 
I'm keen to see Probably what you can do here. a bit early. Yeah, just Trent Rivers. I've, I've just seen him oh, as I someone like who... Um, actually. Yes. Yeah, they, they love him at Melbourne. He, he's he's going to be playing and they're just going to build around him. Um, him and, you know, the two playing that role. Um, I've just been waiting for Rivers to hit a score, you know, just yeah, to yeah. see you a score see from him. And thing on the weekend, he, he hit an 86, maybe, something like that. Yeah. But interestingly he will be heading into his third year. So uh, could be a real shout for a third-year breakout, um, but keep an eye on him in the off-season. Yeah, I think it's a ripping shout. And for me, you know, in keeper leagues, like he's that kind of guy that's going to go under the radar for a lot of people unless he gets some preseason hype in, in the classic formats and salary cap game. So for me, yeah, I really, really like that call. Um, let's go to North Melbourne again. This is a real easy one. Zeeble's been great. But it is Aaron Hall every day of the week. Um, now, if you had a timeline of like Zebel to like round seven and then Hall, perfect combination. But over the whole season, which of those two has defined your ultimate seasonal rank? Hall's had a bigger input, um, in my opinion, uh, than Zebel has. Like, for example, since round seven, he scored 12 fantasy and dream team tons, nine of them over 120. Um, in this run, his lowest score has been 88. It's not bad for a lowest score. Um, and he's averaged 118.9 in that 15 game run. Super coach over that same stretch of games, 14 tons, five over 120. His only score under 100 has been 73, and he's averaged 121 in that stretch. Safe to say, He's the maker of the year. He is the, where the heck did that come from? More than Parrish, not because um, he's lacked the pedigree, but everyone was waiting for the injury. And it just has never come. He's been absolutely sensational. And, yeah, just to jump in, Aaron Hall, like what a story. Um, do you remember back at Gold Coast, he had that record where he, he had nine votes in the Brownlow at the end yeah. of round three. Yeah. Um, and killing it obviously in dream team and and then just what happened he just sort of faded injuries left the club went to north couldn't get going this was like his last chance and what an absolute superstar has been for us in the fantasy world and he's just signed i think a two-year contract at yeah. North. and he's pretty i think so it's a great story i'm happy for him uh, yeah and yeah, I finally got him in the weekend. Oh, well, oh, hey, mate, anyway. better late than never. The interesting thing will be, <laughs> are people prepared to pay top dollar for Tom for him in the back mm. line next year? That'll be mm. a discussion that we will save heading into the 2022 preseason. Um, the cash cow, they've given us a couple, but the best is definitely Tom Powell um, in my eyes. He even picked up forward status in AFL Fantasy this year. From round four to round seven, which is a crucial period for when we still have so many cows on the ground and we need them to perform and to not just generate cash. Here's what Tom Powell did in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. 91, 73, 102, 104. In Supercoach, 101, 74, 96, 97. Was scoring comparable to some of our premiums through there. Um, his points on field just through that period of time and the cash he generated was super critical for coaches. He was one of the most highly owned um, cows for a reason. Um, he's in my eyes, if not the best, one of the two best 
um, fantasy prospects that came out of the draft from last year to be able to own. So certainly from a keeper league, he's one you want to be able to sink your teeth into. And then you track watch in 2022. I'm going to caveat with, I want to see this person retain a position. And if they retain the position, they're very much in the Dugowie territory of they've had a sensational run home and the ceiling they'd have to get to as a forward doesn't have to be as high as if they were a mid only. And that's Taron Thomas. He's found his home. Um, he's impacting the scoreboard, damaging inside forward 50. Really classy and courageous midfielder. And those two kind of skill sets don't often mix together, but Taron has that. You can see why they rate him so highly internally. He adds a different dimension to the kind of the one-paced bulls they have with the Cunningtons, the Powells, the Phillips um, of the world, even Anderson, um, you know, offers something. But for me, if Taron retains forward status, which I think he does, he, along with Dugowie, will be one of those forwards that we'll look at and just go, if he goes full midfield, this will be one of the easiest picks we make of the year. He also has the opportunity of going full Dugowie this year and being a frustration piece at the start of the year. But um, no, look, I, I think I think Taron Thomas is a ripping one to keep an eye on heading into next year. Let's talk Port Adelaide. Who have you got for me, man? This is an interesting one. Yeah, MVP is, is, is a guy that surprised me. I, I didn't think he had this sort of year in him. I thought he was a, um, you know, a solid ton guy, but Ollie Wines, he's gone to another level. Um, credit to him. He, uh, I was just looking earlier, he's, he's averaging 111 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Wow. And his best average before this year was uh, five years ago when he averaged just under 101. So he's had a career best average. He's actually added 10 points to his best ever average. uncontested stuff, isn't it? Like Took, it's the uncontested, the outside stuff that he's added. There's a bit of a trend this year. So, um, yep, good on you. That's good for Ollie Wines. And then Cash Cow, um, they're pretty good with their Cash Cows, Port, generally. And and Miles Bergman was no exception. He's had a fantastic year. I like that. Um, He's only missed, I think, two or three games. And that's in a side that's, you know, pushing to top four yeah. all year. Very impressive. Um, yeah, would have made you cash. Would have been great to have on the field, loopholes, you name it. And then track watches too, and I, I just couldn't split them because I just see them very similar. Um, so Dan Houston and Zach Butters. Yeah, and nice. Just quickly on Houston, he, he played throughout the season, um, but I think we could all see he, you know, whether it was his shoulder or he's had a couple of things hurt him. So his average is nowhere near what it could be. And mm. I just think uh, if he can have a, you know, some clean outs over the off season, um, get his body completely ready to go. Um, I think he'll be really underpriced. And then same with Zach Butters. Yeah. He'll keep, you think you'll keep forward status, won't you? Yeah, yeah he, he will. Like... Games to lose it. He, um, He's a little jet as well. Great to watch um, and just didn't get the run that we thought with, with the injuries that came. And then even when he came back, he was looking good and he was off again. So two guys who, if they get through the off season and they're looking fit, um, hugely underpriced. Yeah, I think that's a good call, man. You could probably throw Rosie into that mix too, if you wanted to, or Dersma or like that. They got a couple of decent got kids. Um, yeah. That is for sure. Let's talk about Richmond. 
Um, the MVP for me, it's Jaden Short. Um, he, he's been the premium that for the most part this year has consistently delivered. Um, the lack of Hooley in a couple of games has made a difference. If you want to look at some of the splits of when, when he plays with and without Hooley, it certainly aids him um, in, in terms of that. But he's just been so good this year. Um, and for owners, he, he's been more highly owned. Like he's the kind of guy when you look at the ownership, you're like, oh, wow, 20%, 25%. Wow. Like I didn't realize he was that high. Um, yeah, a couple of formats, but he's been that good um, and, and delivered for the most part uh, on expectations for coaches. So for me, he's the MVP. The cash cow, Riley Collier Dawkins um, is definitely the one. Um, again, Richmond having given us heaps that we've felt comfortable with. Um, and, and much like Poulter, it was in that middle trimester of the year where a lot of injuries hit and he became really important, not just because of the cash he freed up as a downgrade, but then he, he was somebody because he got midfield opportunity, center bounce opportunity. Uh, Richmond were still being Richmond at this point in time, missing soldiers, but still banking wins. Um, he was really, really important to us sort of from like sort of round six to eight to the buy round. Um, that sort of six-week stretch, he was really important for owners this year. So well done, Riley. You picked that up. And then your track watch next year. Look, Richmond fascinate me in the off-season. They really fascinate me. Um, you, you can have two schools of thought with Richmond. The popular narrative, and, and to be fair, I think it's the justified. They, they can ride it off as a bad year and they'll go again, bigger than ever. But I did listen to Jack Rewalt the other night and he talked about why hasn't this past 10 weeks worked? You know, that famous you know, AFL 360 where he says, good luck, anyone that plays us. And, and, and that's the confidence that he and the team have rightly had given what they've done. But the things, the, the reasons he gave was, well, we battled injuries. Sure. But Richmond have battled that previous years too. Oh, it's been long seasons. Yeah, they have, but there've been other teams that have been within a week or two in the, playing the same amount of times. We spent a lot of time away from home. Yeah, you did last year, but you could argue now that Sydney and GWS probably should belong to that title. Um, oh, the hunger wasn't there. Okay. Why will it be back next year if it's not there now? So, so uh, like, do they fall off the cliff like the Crows after 20? Like everyone thought the Crows would fire in 2019. Um, injury ruined 2018. Cool. We'll, we'll call it an aberration. And then the old blokes, just it couldn't, it didn't work. Now, do I think that happens to Richmond? I don't think so. But the, the narrative is all, well, oh, they'll just bounce back. They'll just bounce back. I'm like, well, yeah, they, they probably will. But have we considered the possibility that they don't? So that's why I say that before I talk about this player. For me, it's going, man, I'm so fascinated to see what Richmond do. Um, they've lost a lot of key off-field personnel over the years, much like other premiership dynasty teams, for sake of a better phrase, have had. Um, and, and so all that being said, Dusty was great for the first month and then did not march for the rest of the year, whether that be carrying an injury, uh, form, hunger, any of the rewalt reasons. Um, 
for me, if the fire's in the belly for Dusty next year, he's had extra time off, albeit um, it'll be a unique off-season, still managing um, that pretty serious injury. If the hunger's there for Dusty, he's probably the only Tiger I want to have a look at next year um, at this point in time. That's my thoughts. What do you got for me for the Saints? Uh, I was just going to say with Dusty, put Shea Bolton in that category. Yeah, he's, he belongs there too. He's he's going to be better next year. Yeah, uh, secure. Oh, I'm glad I got secure. I get to talk. I feel about. like I'm giving you easy ones. What is it? <laughs> the MVP, my favourite non-pro, Jack Steele. He's a gun. Um, doesn't take much explanation really for this one. I'd put him as the MVP of the whole league in fantasy talk. Um, could be a sneaky for the Brown. I don't know if they've won yeah. games. Anyway, he, uh, he's current total points leader in fantasy dream team and the only player capable of taking that title in super coach from Jason McRae. Um, he's, just, he's just a guy who who earlier in his career would, would get his fantasy scores by tackling. And if he ever became an accumulator as well, this was always going to happen. And it's just been great to watch. Um Cash Cow was a guy that was pretty frustrating, more <laughs> that they weren't playing him. Um, Tom Highmore, um, they just didn't pick him. Um, yeah, true. So much in that. And every week there was a, a, a like like for life player that would get injured. Here we go. Highmore will come in, and he didn't. But when he did, he was pretty good, and he made cash for those that were patient true. and waited. And then 2022 track watch, uh, there, there's a few at St Kilda. Um, uh-huh. I'll, keep it, I'll keep it quick. Um, Billings is one who I think could end up as another club. Um, he's a much better scorer than what he's done this year. Yeah. And then another one is Brad Crouch, who, who I just think he had a bit of a – that was his first year at St Kilda. There was yeah. a lot of pressure on him. There was a lot you know, residual stuff from his exit with the Crows, um, only averaging 94 in trim team. He's much better than that, so he'll be on the price. But the main one to keep an eye on is Owen Marshall. Yeah, good he, um, Hasn't he been fantastic since he come back? Um, look, he's probably in that category of injury prone now, unfortunately. Yep. He's just had um, a couple of niggles. Um, it doesn't matter if Paddy Wright is there or not, whether he continues. I'm not sure where he's at in his career, if he's looking at retiring. or, or I'm not sure, but either way, uh, Marshall will score fine. And he should have forward and ruck um, dual position, which is going to be handy as well. So um, keep an eye on him. I don't think you need to see much, just other than he's fit and his body's looking good and he'll be very popular. Yeah. No, I think it's a good call, man. Um, let's talk about one of our last three clubs before we wrap up this episode. Sydney, who's their MVP? Callum freaking Mills. I know the past month has been frustrating for coaches with a couple of different reasons, um, but had he not missed games through injury and COVID protocol, he would rightly have the total points number one defender for the year across the formats. He, he would have taken Rory Laird out of that spot, um, but he's been sensational for coaches and, and he's a great reminder for people of the narrative was there and we just, and not enough of us went there. The narrative was what? We're going to play Mills through the midfield. We're going to play Mills through the midfield. We need him through the midfield. Now, the hesitancy was, you've said that before, horse. And we know that all it takes is one injury in the back line, and then you move him back. But they haven't. 
not because of a, a lack of injuries, but because of they've desperately needed to make that move to regenerate that midfield unit. And he's the new leader of the pack through there, especially once Kennedy starts to phase out um, over these next few moments. So he's been brilliant. And, and you're not going to argue me anyone else other than Callum Mills. Cash cow of the year. This is all I'll say about this player's first three games of the season. And I don't need to say much else. 108, 93, 98 in Dream Team and Fantasy. 139, 136, 74 in, in Supercoach. Errol Golden. Amazing start to the year really kick-started that cash generation really fast and advanced playing as a small forward you're going to see some deviation but he just flew out of the box the absolute blocks for us as a, a cash cow he was sensational was gone after round eight um, had a couple of down games but by then he delivered um, and done everything we needed um, and then heading into 2022 who's on the track watch list look you could say a couple but i really do like what I'm seeing from Nick Blakey in this halfback role. I really do like it. Um, mm. I like James Rowbottom as a midfielder. I like McInerney as a midfielder, but Blakely, again, the ceiling of what he'd have to be as a stepping stone. He doesn't need to be a 95, 105 guy to make the, to make it work. Like as a midfielder, he just needs to go eighties, low eighties for it to really fly and work and make 20 points per game up. So, um, he, he'll miss at least, oh, I would think, probably the rest of the year with that injury, but definitely is missing this weekend. But he'll he'll pick up defensive eligibility based off his role and, and he's definitely someone I'm pretty keen to keep an eye on. All right, your last club, mate. You got the doggies for me. Who are you giving it to? The doggies. Uh, MVP. Uh, pretty impressive, actually. Jack McRae. Um, you know, it feels like a long time ago because he had a run of those high 90s. That was not what we wanted, but he was the last man standing in the the run of tons, if you like, um, in Dream Team Fantasy. He scored, uh, what was it, nine, ten tons in a row to start the year before Something he crazy. faltered. Yeah, he, look, he's just a, he's, he's a been doing it for years now, and um, no surprises there. But but what's been impressive about him taking out the Bulldogs MVP is that you know Josh Dunkley was on the rise. Adam Trelaw joined. Uh, he's got some competition. Bontempelli had some year. Um, he would have, yeah, he, he came very close. Um, but no, McRae takes out the MVP. Cash Cow, um, such a humble scorer. Anthony Scott, you know, he <laughs> never really went beyond 40 or 50, but he was just always there when you needed him. And uh, he was chipping away at his cash, cash generation. And um, no, he was a handy one. Cody Waitman um, deserves yeah, a mention, a much flat. A much flashier player and much more easy to notice. You know, when you're watching and the kids are playing your cash cows, it it takes a few games for you to know what number they are and recognise them, um, so that you can cheer on every kick. Uh, Waitman was very easily um, detectable because he was a flashy player. Mm. And then the 2022 track watch. I mean, Josh Dunkley. Uh, boy, yeah. a season of two halves. I mean, we <laughs> can't be too hard on him, but. Started the year all guns blazing and, and was going toe-to-toe with McRae in that ton run. Yeah. Um, he was scoring nothing but tons and then, you know, copped that serious uh, shoulder. shoulder. It was yeah. a shoulder, right? Yep. Um, missed a huge chunk and I didn't think we'd see him in fantasy. You know, yeah. I thought maybe he'd come back for the Bulldogs finals campaign. So 
credit to him that he's come back, but for those that were waiting with bated breath for his return, it's been pretty um, miserly, 50s and 40s and 60s. So that'll bring his price down for us next yeah, year. Yeah, plus um, the discount. Yeah. And the discount. Um, and, yeah, you'd think he gets through the off-season fine. He'd be a pretty popular pick round one. Question, though, um, will he keep forward status? Could be line ball. I think he's line ball, but he's not getting crazy midfield opportunities at the moment. Um, I think nah, it's line ball. Come back. Um, so mm. I, I let's reckon. hope so. Let's hope so. I reckon he will. Um, I, I know you know Kane and I were really bullish on him all preseason, and and we're pretty happy to see him fly out of the gate. But um. Yeah, I think that Bulldog midfield, they're still trying to find their feet, aren't they? And that's what's kind of hurting them at the moment is with mm. Dunkley out for lots of the year, Trelaw out for chunks of the year. They've, they've not had time to find their combinations um, and their mix right. So they'll want to get that sorted pretty quick, uh, given they are uh, what nine to ten days away from uh, a likely uh, qualifying final uh, as their destination. So, yeah, they want to sort that out. I like that Dunkley call, man. It, let's see the positives of the bad scores now, the value that he that he's embedding in for us. All right, for the last one, I reckon West Coast was probably the hardest team that I got to give an MVP to because Gaff's been underwhelming. Yo's only played half a season. Nick Nat's probably been good to more than, not quite great, but better than good in super coach, but not relevant in dream team and fantasy um, for us. No real forwards. Um, Duggan was for the most part. Yeah, he was hot early. He was okay, but let's call him a bust. Yeah. Cause he only gave us one or two really big scores. Um, even though he missed a chunk of time with a hamstring injury, and one of the games was drastically injury affected, and he's still not playing now. If you owned Shannon Hearn from round 10 to round 20, his lowest score in that stretch was a 77 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Then the next lowest, um, he had two 70s, and the next lowest was 90. He had two scores under 90 again in that same stretch of games in Supercoach, and he was stupidly cheap. And so it's not a compelling victory that I award the MVP to Shannon Hearn. Um, <laughs> but he gets it as like the Bradbury um, of fantasy nah, options for yeah. West Coast. Uh, sure. I, I, think it's a, I think it's clear cut. I think he was fantastic. He was, he was good. Uh, he was good for owners up until a couple of injury-impacted games. Um, from a cow's perspective, uh, son of Tyson, Luke Edwards, for me, gets that. Well, Connor West has been handy late. Um, but, yeah, Luke Edwards had a couple of really nice performances. Again, similar to a Collier Dawkins, it was probably more that he gave you a green dot on the bench that enabled you to action and upgrade around him. But he's been someone that when he's played, um, he's shown that he's got some fantasy chops. And then who's a guy on the watch list for 2022? Look, you could say it's the underpriced yo. You could say it's the underpriced gaff that could they come back and be back to their best. But I'm really... Their entire <laughs> midfield unit. Um, but for yeah. me, I'm really keen on what does Alex Witherden become in this back six? 
Um, Rids, I know, in the preseason was really hot on. If he gets into the best 22, he's a premium. And he showed for the most part, he's still got that ability. Even last week, he, he showed, you know, premium territory scoring. So I want to see what West Coast do. Do they go load the dice on this list one last go? Or do they start to think about the future? I don't know. Um, but if Witherden can crack that 22, we know his fantasy chops are absolutely there. All right, that's our I think thoughts. It's a great one. Great one to finish on because if if you ask me the track watch player out of all the clubs, I would have said Alex Willardon. Yeah. And I think the issue was, yeah, is he going to be their best 22? There's two things with Willardon that make me pretty excited for next year. One is they brought him across from Brisbane. He'd been on okay money. Like, they brought him across to, to be the successor of Shannon Hearn. They probably didn't think Shannon Hearn was going to be this good still. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but in saying that, he's been in and out of the side. What I saw on the weekend in, in the derby, um, I know they lost, but he looked like, I'm talking really good. He did look good. Level, not just fantasy. He was smothering. He was desperate. Um, that's the stuff they're going to want to see. And if he does that, he plays. And if he plays, he scores. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Uh, a sneaky last uh, and only question for the podcast we'll be able to get in because it's a long episode for our final one. Chris Williams wants to know in AFL Fantasy, a good Patreon supporter of the panel. Make sure you do stick through uh, the off-season with us, Patreons. Like I said, there'll be uh, articles for every player that moves during the trade and free agency period. I'll do a podcast with some of the panel reviewing that. And Kane and I are also working on our top 50 keeper ranks that only Patreons will get. You will get that. Um, you'll get a full list of the positions once they're officially released. We'll make sure you get them so you don't have to pay for any of the assistant coach featurettes type of things. We'll give you that full list and a bunch of other stuff before December 31. We kick off the 50 most relevant early for Patreons. Yep. The reason we mention them, Chris is a Patreon. Here's his question. Uh, I've got a thought. Uh, I'll read it out to you so you can buy us some time, Jordox. He's uh, ranked 30th in AFL Fantasy. I see you there, Chris. I see you nice and close, mate. I'm with you, brother. He's, he's in a serious cash league grand final. Last decision. Here are his four alt options. Which one do you like the most? Of course, teams could destroy any of these plants for Chris or any of us. Option one, harms to Crisp. Or Option two, Walsh to Parish and Harms to Rich. Option three, Walsh, Taranto to Miller Kelly. Or Sidey to Kelly. A lot of variables could happen through there. What do you like the look of those four, man? With number three, this just to clarify, Walsh Taranto, is that Walsh or Taranto to Miller or Kelly? Or I would, that's how Taranto I'm reading it, Miller. yes. Let's go with that. Okay. Oh, geez. I'm nervous. This is a big decision. Uh, look, I'll just go with what, what my first instinct is, and that's option one, get harms to crisp. That's yeah. where I've landed. Yeah, that was where my initial one went. The, the thing with the Taranto would be the next piece of the puzzle for me. Um, harms would be, what are the ends of Melbourne? Who comes in? Um, and Yeah, if he's in. Well, okay, well, that, that there's the one. He's the guy that'll go he the 40 be. or 50. Playing, 
playing Geelong. It's a tough matchup. Um, yeah. So, but Taranto, if he didn't kick four goals too in AFL fantasy to get a 90 score, four goals too. Now, he might be unique for you in a matchup if, if cash league is your focus. I know if you're in the top 30, mate, um, he's really highly owned in AFL fantasy. A lot of coaches I know that are in that territory, in which I am, are just going, you know what? It's not hurting me having him because everyone else has him. That could be a popular mindset. And you could maybe make up some serious points if you can get a Taranto up to a safe hundred guy. Um, so yeah, man, for me, teams decide it, Chris. Um, and then send us a message. That's the beauty of what you get as a Patreon. You can send us a message and we'll help you um, off the back of that. So Taranto, I, I just, oh, geez, he's, it's such a hard call with Taranto. So a couple of things with him. Toby Green returns. Yes, that helps. Um, and then Daniels second, is out, it, so it that's took, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, he kicked four goals to get to his 90 last week. But they're coming up against uh, Carlton on Friday night. Um, they've got a bit to play for. The Giants, you know, if Saturday things night. get ugly, like it did. If, oh, sorry, yes, Saturday night. It's if things time, get ugly, like it did um, for Carlton against Port last week, it'll be a I feast. Know, I, I just get, I get nervous at trading someone like that out. Same with Walsh. I know the ball is there, and you know, but um, I just think of the four options. Harms to crisp is probably the safest one, but especially like you said, like in yeah. And then the other one on on side bottom. Um, sorry, just quickly, uh, the matchup against Essendon. Yeah. So to move side bottom on, uh, his highest score of the year in in fantasy was a one thirty, and that was Anzac Day when everyone went nuts. So we're expecting high scores in that game. Um, yeah, I reckon side bottom could have a good one. But good yeah. luck. I don't. Don't envy those choices. Uh, mate. I'm sure you'll nail it, though, mate. If you're yeah. 30th ranked, you're doing all right, Chris. You're probably going to nail it. You're doing all right. Hey, Jordox, appreciate your work, not just on this episode, mate, but right across the back end of this fantasy. In fact, the entirety of the fantasy footy year. Not a bad debut cash cow season from you as a part of the coaches panel, mate. Thanks, MJ. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been, a, it's been an awesome year. It's been good fun. And a big thanks to uh, all the team here uh, at the Coaches Panel. Well, I know you often hear my voice or face more often than some of the others. There is an absolute power team behind the scenes making it work. So a massive thanks to Kane, to Brett, to Jimmy, to Tim, to Ben, Louis, Fox, Rids, John, Jordox, who is on here with me now. Just some incredible lads that get to be a part of this, doing a, a ground power work of research, managing and working the social stuff, articles throughout the season, jumping on podcasts, if and when life and lockdowns can allow them to do so. Just an, an incredible bunch of people throughout the preseason. We've had so many through the fantasy footy community. I'm not going to start lifting names because I don't forget half the people, but some incredible collaborations across the fantasy footy community through things like the 50 most relevant but ultimately the biggest thank you of all goes to you for every single week checking out coachespanel.tv for jumping on board downloading streaming listening to these podcasts we hope that they have been helpful to you in your 2021 fantasy footy season and with just nine games left to go we wish you all the luck 
We hope your captaincy and vice captaincy calls absolutely fly. Those 50-50 decisions you're making this week, absolutely nail it. And from me and from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, we definitely will chat to you soon as we talk fantasy footy heading into 2022.